Greetings to all you beautiful people out there. I'm going to tell you about my sponsor, Twin Engine Coffee. Do you drink coffee or tea? Of course you do, you beautiful bastard. Twin Engine Coffee grows and roasts specialty-grade coffees right where they grow at the farms in Central America. I've been enjoying their Katura tea, which is actually made from the fruit of the coffee plant. It tastes like tea and has the same caffeine as tea, but it's upcycled and it's delicious. So please, if you enjoy great coffee or tea, consider supporting my work by ordering something fantastic from TwinEngineCoffee.com slash Clifton Duncan. Again, that is TwinEngineCoffee.com slash Clifton Duncan. There's a link in the description. And now... Enjoy the show. to meet you it's nice to meet you as well how i mean how are you doing that's the that's the big question mm. yeah how am i doing um <laughs> i feel like <laughs> i feel like the last two and a half years I've, i'm just like wounded i feel like broken a little bit and i'm trying not to be broken at all but <sighs> i don't know i mean you you probably know too like i, I, I just feel, feel exhausted yeah, well, I was going to say, I, I feel like um, it's so weird because I, I didn't, I went in being like, I don't really know what I'm going to talk about. But then I also had this idea of, uh, yeah, like I had I had this picture in my head of this moment between the two of us sort of off camera, like, how you doing, girl? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's rough. It's rough out here. Oh in the gosh. in the unvaccinated space it's real rough <laughs> that's just uh yeah i was on um i did dr drew's show yesterday i don't know if you I saw know, that i saw was, i didn't get to see hilarious. it but i saw that you did it well How it was, was he? he was great it was funny it, first of all the show felt so it felt so la to me i don't mean that sort of derisively but uh it it, it felt you know i mean it, drew obviously he's been in television for so long and um it was such a tightly run ship but there was also i felt this sort of um pressurized environment of like you know we're on now we have to do this and right um you know but he's he's a pro but i didn't i think i guess he saw the speech that i did at mises and um he was like i have to he said i, I watched it for two minutes and i had to talk to this guy and i'm like all right love line dude let's let's do it <laughs> oh my gosh it was um that speech was powerful you have to you have to know how powerful that was i i don't though i mean you know like i was asked just by um, the reaction that you've gotten though yeah, well, it's I don't know. I mean, I'm a weirdo. It's it's I I I, I was asked uh, asked to do it like a week before, and um, you know, so I, of course, as an actor, I just maybe former actor, who knows? I just presume, you know, oh, somebody dropped out, so they have to replace me. <laughs> they have to oh, find the no. replacement. <laughs> that's that's where my mind went, you know, uh, all those all those years and years of uh, old habits dying hard. But so I. But I was like, what am I going to say to these economics kids? I mean, they're probably smarter than me. Who, who knows what I'm going to say? And, um, uh, you know, Jeff Deist was just like, talk about your journey and, you know, all the things that you've been going through. And uh, I, I decided, well, I'll try to go on a 
on a hopeful note, um, because even though a lot of things are sort of, um, it, even though it seems like everything is going out of whack all at the same time, uh, at the same time, it's like, well, I'm, I, I find myself swimming in all these different circles now with all these really interesting people, um, present company included, obviously. Aww. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, when I see people as, um, as what's the word I'm looking for as sort of disparate in their vocations and who they are as like Brett Weinstein and uh, like Jay Bhattacharya, but also people like Jeff Dice or, or you or Douglas Murray or, you know, I mean, you know, I have like Italian socialist reporters also who we're all, we're all kind of converging on the same things and seeing the same things. And we're talking yeah. about them. I mean, uh, Brett, he did, um, this podcast. I don't know if you've seen uh, or heard of uh, uh, Matthias Desmet uh, or Matthias Desmet. He <laughs> probably. Yeah. I'm really bad with names. I just I see what people post on, and I'm and I don't listen to a ton of podcasts. I I obviously don't know who John Legend is. I'm like. <laughs> I don't. So before so before before we got on, everybody. Uh, first of all, welcome, welcome everyone to the Clifton Duncan podcast. It's been a while. Uh, I am I of course am Clifton Duncan. I I hope uh, you're finding this well. Um, as always, if you love what you're seeing, share it with your friends. And if you hate it, share it with your enemies. Uh, today, <laughs> I, like I have, I have a, a wonderful, a wonderful, very special guest who, um, as, as wonderful as she may be, I'm, I'm presuming your pronouns there, so I apologize. But as wonderful <laughs> as she may be, she, she doesn't know who John Legend is. And, um, but at the same time, that might be... I'm not gonna, I'm gonna be mean. I was like, that might be why she's she's so full of joy. <laughs> <laughs> I just it took me a second. I I know John Legend because I I didn't know him, but he sounded like that sounds like an old school name. So I thought it was for some reason like who am I thinking of? Something Legend. It does, but but what was funny is that uh, then uh, uh, Miss Carano, my, my guest by the way is Gina Carano, um, uh, A.K.A. Bobby Joe, <laughs> Bobby Joe. Um, but uh, her, her the the way that she recalled who John Legend is, she was like, "Oh, wait a minute! It's that it's that guy whose wife got canceled by Candace Owens." <laughs> a, I'm sure she's done other things in her life. <laughs> she did lip sync. She did the lip sync battle thing. Yeah. So that's you know that's uh, that's an I'm kind I'm kind of in the know. I'm kind of. <laughs> I don't watch cable. I don't watch. I'm I'm such like a recluse. I don't watch cable. I don't watch. um, I I don't have like regular TV. I just watch whatever's on the Apple TV. Um, Mm. I don't really listen to like a ton of podcasts. I just everybody in the last two and a half years like come on my podcast. And I'm like, I will. And I think I did it to you, too. I'm like, yes, I will. And then I, I get really shy or I get busy and I'm just like, oh, you know. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to talk to anyone, but when I saw you and your speech and I've been following you for, I don't know, like more than a, over a year now, I just had to like come on here and support you because that was such a powerful speech. You've been such like a breath of fresh air. I, I remember I, I contacted you when I thought that um, they kicked you off of Twitter and I was like, right, did they yeah. freaking kick you off? Cause I'm just about ready to, to like be done with that platform. And you said, no, no, I'm taking a break. But um, you you just had a really nice, I like your like sarcasm towards what's going on. I like your jokes. Um, (laughs) I like how you just handle the haters. Um, And I really have enjoyed your perspective. Um, It's just been really nice to, like you said, it's been really nice to meet people 
Um, although this has been like kind of a awful time for a lot of us, it's been nice to kind of meet people that are like-minded or like-hearted and see see the world from for what's going on, I feel like, just the chaos. Yeah. I mean, you know, well, first of all, I mean, I appreciate you saying all of that. It, um, you know, I, I uh, for those who don't know, I did a, a speech at the Mises Institute, which is a a, a right-leaning school of economics based in, a, in a, primarily based around Austrian economics. So it's like, well, why do they have some actor, you know, coming and talking about this stuff? And um, so I just gave a speech about uh, my background and uh, why I'm I, I I joke that I did everything in reverse. Typically, as an actor, you wait tables and then you make it. But I did I did I made it. Now I'm waiting tables again. <laughs> Everything's um, backwards right now. <laughs> every, everything is just backwards. But uh, yeah, you know. So I, the the response to it has been really um, unexpectedly positive and um, and very overwhelming. So um, it's it's kind of weird though. Like I, I feel like maybe you've you felt this way too. Like if you get a big job, for instance, as as an actor, and everyone's like, oh my god, you're like you're a star now. And you're like, um, I'm just me. I'm like the same yeah, person, you know, just the same, just a little bit busier. And I mean, right. even when you get a big job, when you're working in Hollywood, when, when you, even when you get a big job, you're still hustling, you know, you're still hustling against the studio. They're not paying you. Um, then you're hustling with your agent and they're like, Oh, well, you know, you should probably just do it. And you're like, aren't you supposed to get me more money here? <laughs> like second yeah. season. Um, it's just like a constant hustle, I think, when you're acting. And 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 before that, when I was fighting for about eight years, it was a constant hustle. And I'm like, I just feel like I've been hustling <laughs> for a long time. And then well, they just cancel you. They take it all the way and you have to start from scratch again, which in a way is um, it's it's absolutely like traumatic. But um but you got to look at the positive and okay, I can just start from scratch again. And I have done that multiple times in my life and I can do it again. Well, see now that, that sounds like the, the fighter and the warrior in you, you know, I was talking to, um, I was talking to Robin Black. This was a long time ago. And I, I, that guy is so awesome because he, you know, first of all, his wife is an actress. So I apologize to him on, on my behalf, on her behalf, you know, just sorry, you're with an actor, dude. Sorry. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> And, and she does musicals, which is even worse, but, um, it, uh, you know, but we, we talked about, um, the, uh, the book of five rings, the Miyamoto Musashi book. Um, I don't know if you've heard of it, but, um, it's Miyamoto Musashi was this, um, I think he lived in like the 16th century. I may be wrong. Of course I'll be fact checked. That's what's great about this medium. People just say, no, you're wrong. This is when he (laughs) wrote this, but, uh, you know, he he apparently was one of the greatest swordsmen, warriors who ever lived. And he, you know, went to this cave and just wrote out this book, which was like supposed to be this treatise on like, you know, combat. But the thing about uh, Musashi was that um, he was also an artist, like one of Japan's most prolific artists. And early on in his book, he talks about how the um, the warrior must be able, basically has to be able to, has to have the capacity to take a life, but also to create great beauty. Mm-hmm. and and so then my my curiosity with you and you mentioned this um you know we'll we'll get to uh, some of some of the grotty stuff maybe later but uh, I mean what because you said you you were a fighter for 8 years and and my my first question is you know what drew you to fighting uh, in the first place because it's not a, it's not a place where a lot of people go and I don't think it's a place you know and you'll correct me if I'm wrong but a lot of women venture into and then I'm like how the hell did you get from there into acting but first I want to start off with uh, you know your journey into uh was it an octagon back then or is it, you know, was it all, has it always been? It but, was, you know um, I mean. 
yeah, so my, my journey was, you know, I came from a really great family, um, uh, just loving and caring and um, supportive, but very much, they're very much like business people. I'd say my family is all business people. They, their addiction is work. And so, um, so I had that kind of like all around me growing up. And when, when I started going to college for psychology, cause I didn't care what I was going to college for. I was just like, okay, you're supposed to do this in my family. You're supposed to go to college. So I was like, fine. And I've always been really fascinated with people. Um, but when I started going to college, I just was completely uninterested. And then, um, I don't know. I, I, I hated, I always hated money being held over my head. I just hated, Oh, if you do this for me, then, um, we'll give you, you know, this amount of money to survive. And I, it just, it was something, um, when I was 19, I just told everybody around me to take their money and shove it. I don't want your money family. I don't want your, so, you know, I want, to do my life the way I'm going to do it. And mm. then, um, so I told everybody to shove their money <laughs> and I just started uh, training and I started fighting. And, you know, at the beginning, everybody was like, I think it, growing up in Las Vegas, it was really, um, it was a little bit rough, I guess. Uh, I couldn't avoid a fight on the weekends. I didn't even like to go out because I was very quiet and I'll just be like, sitting in the bar with some friends and I was really, really, really quiet. I didn't talk to anybody. Not like I would do now. I would, I'm a little, a lot more extroverted now, but the, the most like monstrosity of like a woman would come over and be like, you're checking out my boyfriend. And I'm like, you have a boyfriend. <laughs> and then I'd be in a fight. <laughs> then I'd be in like the worst fight and the, just like on the asphalt, just like hair everywhere. And I'm like, I don't know how we got here, how I offended you so bad for my existing but apparently I've got this like part of me that makes people angry. It makes yeah, people well, happy. It makes people uh, angry. Apparently you're like a low key asshole. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Someone has been like, you're looking at my boyfriend. You're like, Oh, you got a boyfriend. I'd be like, bitch. <laughs> you have a boyfriend. I would have not guessed that. Right. <laughs> and then I'm like in a fight. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe, maybe you deserved an ass kicking too. I don't know. No, I really, you know what? I don't, I like I never picked a fight. I just like my mom always said, if you're going to be in a fight, you should finish it. Um, right. So don't start it, but finish it. So right. long story short, I just, um, I just haven't really, I've always beat to my own drum. I've always done my own thing. Um, I've not, uh, I don't like power tripping. I don't mind other people having control. Like I don't have a problem with, you know, authority. I just have a really big problem with abuse of authority and abuse mm. of authority. Things it feels like it just goes hands in hand in hand and it attracts just some of the worst people. So I have no I idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so, it, so was it just a thing where you were like, we're, we're going to channel all of this rage or it was it like, well, if you're going to be fighting, you might as well just know how to take care of yourself. Was that it? Or was the, was the idea initially to compete? Um, the idea initially was just to get physical again, cause I gained so much weight, um, from partying. So I was seeing a, b a bunch of my friends, like a lot of my friends lost their life early on in Las Vegas. Um, we mm. had friends taken out to the middle of the desert and shot. We had, um, oh, God. yeah, overdoses. And I mean, just a lot of like Vegas was just a rough, the Vegas I know was a rough place to raise children. So, mm. um, my boyfriend at the time, who is actually my fiance now. Um, yeah. So I've known him for 21 years. That's a nice story. <laughs> yeah. We took a decade off while I became an actress. 
<laughs> it was probably so, it was probably better for the both of you in the long right. Run. Yeah, don't date actresses. <laughs> <We're> don't <nuts. laughs> don't yeah don't don't look don't date actors. I'm sorry. I know it's, it's bad. It's it bad. is. Why is it so bad? Because, because we travel all the time. Uh, we're we're in an industry where everything is instability. We, you know, there's never any security, so it's difficult to kind of have a, a stable unit. Uh, you know, any kind of unit, and there's just so many pressures. I mean, people don't really get it. I think. And you know this, you know, people from the outside, I think they see all of the uh, the sort of glitz and glamour and yes. all the, the nonsense, you know, that the PR bullshit. But, you know, like you said, I mean, you're always hustling. There's always something that you need to take care of. People are demanding of your time. They want you to do this. They want to, you want you have to be here. You have to do here, there. You got to memorize this, say yes to this nonsense. Um, you know, it, 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 there's just so many other stressors. Now, it's not like you're digging ditches or anything in the hot sun. It's not like it's not as though if you mess up. Um, babies will die, yeah. but it's still, it's stressful in its own, its own right. And, um, I think and you have to be so present, you know, you have to be so, so like when I'm on set, I don't even like, that's why I love working is cause my phone goes away and I'm just so present. I give everything to the person in front of me. And mm -hmm. so you dip in and out of different characters and you're really just, yeah, I think actors are just, yeah, don't, I, don't date actors. <laughs> <laughs> And that's um, really, really cool about a lot of shit. <laughs> right. Well, that's, you know, well, there, there has to be, you have to find a way to kind of separate that stuff out. I mean, even for me, I, I was told early on, it's like, well, you know, you, you got to find a way to channel all that stuff and all your sensitivity and your openness. Um, you have to find a way to marshal that. But then you have to find a way to leave it at the door, leave it on stage, you know, when you're out and, um, you know, hanging out with, with your people. But sometimes it's hard, you know, depending yeah. on what kind of role you're playing and the you know, sort of emotional demands that it makes on you but um well even in just like doing the mandalorian i mean the hours the time just i mean i, I know i'd leave at like 3 a.m in the morning to go to work and then i'd come back at like 10 at night mm -hmm. and i looked like my my skin was like just oily and drained like and dead looking and like i just looked like hell and i'd walk back in and my boyfriend would just be like you doing okay? It's just like, feed me. And I'd have to be up in another couple hours just to like, right. so I'd, I'd eat his, he'd always make me this like really good chili soup. I'd eat the soup and I'd go straight to bed. I'd have to take a shower, go straight to bed, wake up in a couple hours and you're back to it. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. The hours are insane. And, uh, yeah. you know, that, that's why it's so funny when you see, um, I see these actors and I'm just like, they probably got like three hours of sleep and yeah. had to learn like eight pages. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you can see, you can kind of see that on film. You're like, Oh, I wonder what was going on with them that day. You know, like something was going on. It's really cool to watch movies and be like, Hmm, that was the director's fault. More than likely. Right. That was probably a conflict with the producers. That was a, uh, you know, it's really fun to kind of dissect it now. Um, I, rare, I actually I rarely... have to, my mom sits there and she's like, what's going on here? And I was like, I think I know. <laughs> I think I know exactly what's going on here with this yeah. movie. I, I, I rarely blame actors now because most of the time they, they didn't give themselves that job. Somebody else had to give them that job. And, you know, even if they're like bad in the role, it's like, well, I mean, was yeah, there a coach on set? Was it, right. you know, they, they had to use that particular take, like really that there wasn't any better takes they could have used. Oh you my know? gosh, the worst. I, <laughs> I know I'd love to, I, I, that's actually one of my goals is to, direct and edit my own film because I feel like I, I got to know um Final Cut like a couple years ago mm. and I swear like as soon as I started figuring it out I just stayed in my house for like three weeks and I was just like <laughs> just obsessed with the editing process because you if you really look for those moments they're there there's mm. these beautiful human moments um so I, I kind of look forward to that you know with all my free time <laughs> but anyways <laughs> 
the thing is, like, you know, I feel like if if we don't laugh, we kind of have to cry because I've know, done both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, all right. Well, I do want to get back to um, your fighting, though. So, I mean, what what yeah. style did you study initially? Was it um, Muay Thai? We, oh my God, Muay Thai, seriously? Yeah. yeah, Muay Thai. It's um, and what's really cool about that is I started, gosh, uh, twenty. Oh gosh, probably two thousand one. So I like everything I do, I'm kind of like one of those people that's like, I'll do something and I won't ever like reap the rewards of it becoming popular, but it'll become instantly popular <laughs> and people will make a lot of money after me, but it never, so Muay Thai is one of those things. It's like snowboarding, like the guys that start off snowboarding and like, huh. you know, never really got like the accolades of starting it off, you know? Um, that's the most so like that... humble, humble way of being like, so I'm a trendsetter. <laughs> So trendy without any of like the the money or the fame that comes with it. <laughs> I'm just I'm so ahead of my time, all the time. That's what you said. That's what you said. <laughs> well, like it's it's like I I keep on telling my like everyone I'm like I I like I'll be able to like see I do I think that I like I know what's gonna be popular I know I just have like I'm a visionary What can I say? <laughs> Well, well, we'll accept that, but it's I'm it's also so extremely humble. <laughs> clearly, I've, I've, I get that sense from you. Well, you know, it's funny because I'm 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 thinking of a um like a striking art to study, and and it's like boxing or Muay Thai are kind of at the top of my list. Yeah. And I'm looking at I'm looking at Muay Thai, all these fighters, and I'm just like, those guys are tough and they're yeah, deadly. Yeah, um, Muay Thai is so effective. So yeah, yeah. It, what I really love about Muay Thai is it's not flashy. It's not um, you know, it's not like for movies. I mean, you can use it, but it's so effective. Like the kicking, everything, everything has got a purpose with Muay Thai. And so if you want, um, I could definitely find somebody in your area. Uh, I mean, hey, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's really good. It, it, it makes you feel better too. Like knowing that when shit goes down, you can utilize this skill to get out of a bad situation well yeah well also the, the older i get to the more it becomes important to me like you know protecting other people you know yeah. um especially in a city like new york you would just see all kinds of bullies basically um yeah. terrorizing people and it's like you know would i have the the skill set to really handle that um in, in an effective way not that i'm going out you know i'm not like you <clears throat> looking for fights i'm not but, looking uh, for fights ever <laughs> they just find me they just I'm a trendsetter and people just want to they beat just, me up. I they just no want idea. that interaction with me. <laughs> no, actually, I think uh, once I started fighting, all the fights on the street stopped because I kind of, whatever it was that, I think the confidence, my confidence level went up. Mm. So I just, I don't know, people stopped messing with me so bad. Um, well, it's also fascinating because I find like the people who actually study, um, you know, a, a discipline, Unless it's Wing Chun, sorry. Um, they, <laughs> they, they're some of the most humble, like kindest people, and yeah. I, you know, I've always wondered, like, kind of why that is. I think it's because you just know. I mean, what's really cool about a mixed martial arts gym is like it is the world in one gym, and you know, look, like I'm out there. My first love, my, my first mixed martial arts love is um, Muay Thai mm -hmm. at, uh, from Thailand. So I've been to Thailand more times than I can count. And, you know, you learn other people's cultures and you learn other people's, you know, lifestyle and, and why they, you know, and their passion for their sport and why Muay Thai was so effective in Thailand. And 
you just, you know, travel, you train with everyone. I mean, a martial arts gym is like the least, uh, like there's no elites in a gym, <laughs> you know, like it's, yeah. everybody is from all over the world in this gym, practicing something that they love, something that they don't have to do. Nobody's holding a gun to their head saying that they have to do that. Well, maybe in boxing, but <laughs> Um, (laughs) (laughs) some families in boxing are like, no, you're a boxer, (laughs) you know? Um, but yeah, I think mixed martial arts gyms are just so, um, you know, some people like yoga and some people just really bond through, um, being physically aggressive with each other, but not, um, Mm. taking it wrong. You know, it's like, it's a safe place where you can, and then you become those people's teammates and then you become those people's cheerleaders and you become those people's um, you know, just team. And so I, I don't know, there is something really beautiful about people who practice violence in a healthy, good way. Um, it's so funny. I mean, you're talking about teamwork and togetherness. It sounds just like the entertainment industry. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, on some movies, maybe. <laughs> or yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally, I'm, I'm not being serious. So then, you know, so you, you mentioned that you studied psychology initially. I mean, you know, you didn't just pick it out of thin air. Yeah. Um, but then you also mentioned being fascinated by people. And so I guess were those sort of the things that um, that drew you toward acting in the first place? Because it's just not a leap you see people make very often. But also, like, it's one thing to say, as I've said before, I'm, I'm going to beat bitches up for a living mm-hmm. and then end up like, oh, you know, now I'm I'm, uh, I'm doing films now. I mean, what I mean, I just what was the what was the connective tissue there for you? Well, this is going to be, this is going to be kind of fascinating for you because you know, you already know the process, you know, I mean, I was just fighting on CBS one night and, um, Steven Soderbergh and his wife were watching me, uh, fight and I lost that fight. And, um, Mm. she said his, his wife said to him, Hey, you know, you've got a little bit of time. Cause he was supposed to direct the movie Moneyball, you know, that movie with Brad Pitt. Right. Yeah. Um, but they wouldn't give him creative. Um, the studio wouldn't give him creative control. And so he, and he loves baseball. And he said, basically like, no, I'm not going to do it then. So hmm. he um, decided not to do Moneyball. And so he had like about six months before he had another project. And um, his wife was like, well, why don't you do a realistic action movie around this girl? Hmm. Um, and there I am getting pummeled on TV. <laughs> and uh <laughs> I'm like, you know, that's why how I know, because like at that point I was like, I, I hopped, it was in San Francisco or San Jose. I hopped in my car, drove down the coast and all the way to San Diego. And I was like, oh gosh, like that was, it was the biggest headline for female to that. It was the, I think it was the first female's headline, um, for MMA. Mm. Um, I think it was on Showtime maybe. And I was at that point, I was just like, okay, <laughs> this is the end, right? <laughs> this is an end of a career like that went so ba- poorly. Hmm. And, um, a couple of days later, um, Steven Soderbergh was calling a guy that who was saying he was my agent, who wasn't my agent. I had never like had the official conversation with him. Um, I'd met with him, but he was kind of a little bit pompous. Like he was just like, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll see, you know, and mm-hmm. then. He's getting called by Steven Soderbergh, um, like, can I meet with this woman? And uh, and so he came out on um, a train from San, from L.A. to San Diego, and I picked him up, and we went to um, 
a restaurant in Coronado Island and I had a black eye because I had taken um, an elbow <laughs> or something. I, I, I had a black eye from a punch or something. It was starting to drain and I was mm. definitely having a glass of wine because I'd been like in the hardest training camp of my life for three weeks, for three months. And so I was mm. like drinking wine and I was like, I don't even know who Steven Soderbergh is. <laughs> you know, I was like, why am I not surprised? <laughs> No, we can't talk about names because I don't know. <laughs> I still, I'm really bad at it. And so then I was like, well, I, one movie I did like that he did um, that really hit home with me was Traffic. Mm. So I knew that movie. Um, but can you imagine my mom's like, you're going to go. She's like, you're going to go. And I'm on the phone with her. My mom's one of my best friends still. And mm. uh, she was like, you're going to go meet with a Hollywood director. Oh no. Oh no. She's like, you know, and she's all nervous about like, all the Hollywood stories that you would hear about casting couches and all of that. Right, and I was right. like, mom, act like, you know, me, I've gotten through the fight world in like one piece. I think I'll be fine. Mm. And, um, so yeah, we sat down together and he said, you know, it's going to happen really fast. I'd really like to do a movie after four hours of talking. He was like, you know, this is going to happen really fast or it's not going to happen at all, but I'll call you in a couple of days and see what we have. And in a couple of days he had two studios. I forget what they were, but, um, you know, kind of vibing, or competing to get the, you know, and he didn't even have a script written yet. So he had to then go write a script and then we were oh in production. Yeah. So it's not like I, everybody, when you're a fighter is like, when are you going to go to Hollywood? And they still do this to fighters I see. And I'm like, it's not that easy, <laughs> you know, like you don't just become an actress because people know your name, you know, it really is something you have to understand and practice and um that takes i mean that took me eight years before i even i was really even it took me all the way to the mandalorian until i actually started getting it so about yeah. eight years of just practicing all of these awful indies out loud and i'm like oh this is so hard but um i i did it and a lot of i think the reason why a lot of people don't do it when they have a name is because it's so humbling it hurts so bad to go from the best to then go to the bottom and have to work yourself way back, uh, all the way back up and, mm. you know, be vulnerable. And, you know, like in fighting, you're, you know, you have to start at the bottom, you have to start somewhere. And the same goes with acting, you know, so. Well, it's so weird to hear you say that uh, people are approaching fighters regularly and saying, hey, do you want to, do you want to act? Because like it's it's it'd be one thing if it were musicians or excuse me or stand up comedians you know at least those are like transferable skills mm -hmm. but you know being able to you know do head kicks I, I don't know how that translates unless you're doing like an action movie like i don't know it's just I, well i guess it's just the the fame and the notoriety and they you know people want to capitalize on whatever your you know whatever whatever heat or momentum you actually have so that kind of i guess that kind of makes sense in a weird way but i just well, it wouldn't so be the in, first in a way me. when i was fighting i was just myself um it was just you know this really quiet kind of like i don't know i i'm just trying to do the best i can you know person but nowadays people in fighting they almost act like it's the wwe out there like they're mm -hmm. they're all putting on these um they're all acting uh they just don't call it that um and they've got the camera pointed at them it wasn't like that like i said it wasn't like that for me but they've got the camera pointed at them t so much so that they become so um so natural on camera which is nice um and then when you get a fighter who like the cowboy cerrone who was in um terror on right. the prairie he was so so good like 
some people just shine and pop on camera and the camera just loves them. And, um, he took it seriously. He, um, he's been in a couple other movies, but nobody's given him a, a, like a role with like this kind of meat on it. Um, they, they always try to cast fighters as like these, um, bodyguards and shit like that bodyguards of the guys in the jail cell or the gang members you know and sometimes i think every once in a while in my case cowboy cerrone's case you know somebody's eager enough to learn the skill um i say it's actually great because they're bringing in the talent of you know having discipline having the cameras pointing at them the pressure of a fight and all of that and they're able to um transition it's just a matter of finding somebody who can take them seriously and give them a, a role that would actually give them a future of, you know, transitioning, I guess. So then what was the, what was the biggest challenge for you in terms of, in terms of acting versus maybe I guess versus fighting, but I guess uh, just in acting in general. Um, act, well, for both of both of them for me is uh, performance. I have massive performance anxiety. Really? Yeah, which is why it's really cool what you do. I mean, on a stage. I mean, well, you're they like say, they, they say that the the only reason that we have opening nights is because we need deadlines. Otherwise, we just be rehearsing forever and ever and ever because nobody wants to <laughs> nobody actually, wants to show what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. Do you get um? Did you get nerves where you're or did you just like turn on? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm kind of a weirdo, you know. I mean, I've seen people just break down and cry and just have, you know, meltdowns just by being at the prospect of being in front of an audience, let alone being, you know, being actually in front of one. And it just was never a thing for me. I don't know why. I just, um, I've never, I've always felt at ease in front of an audience. I mean, there, there's definitely, it's not that I don't get nervous, um, you know, because you're thinking about all the things that might go wrong. But I think there's also like good nerve, like bad nerves in terms of like, um, I'm not really prepared enough. So, you know, I hope it goes right. okay. Mm-hmm. Versus the good nerves of like, it's a mixture for me of, um, all right, we're here. You know, there's 2,000 people out there who've paid 100 bucks at least to see, you know, you and these other people. Um, and it's exciting, but also try not to know quite where you're going to end up. And that's like the scary part of like, you know, yeah, we've rehearsed this, but you also, when you're, when, when you're really working with just great pros, um, and unfortunately there's just not uh, enough of those working. I'm sure you've seen this as well. Yeah. Um, who, when you're working with people who are really alive, you know what I mean? And really present with you and just, they, 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 they can go back and forth with the, with you moment to moment. And, you know, you, you trust each other. There's, you know, there's like, there's great chemistry there. Yeah. Um, that's when you can kind of be like, all right, well, the scene worked out this way last night, but tonight, you know, we get to do it again and see how it works out. And, um, like that, that's when it's the most fun, but, um, yeah. and those are the good nerves. It's like, oh, how, how, how in the hell is this going to turn out? Um, so I, I don't know though. I mean, maybe I'm kind of weird. I just don't get, um, I don't get really, I've never been really kind of, bent out of shape about that kind of a thing i think like like i said with like the mandalorian i started really finding my feet um Mm. and i started getting really comfortable and i you know like i just with fighting and acting and performing and being uh, i was always like that little girl where i was so like that talented one that was singing dancing playing sports doing everything but the second my mom would turn like or the crowd would turn and focus on me i'd just like 
freeze. You know, those little kids who do Mm. that, they're just like, freeze. And it's like, you know, and that has unfortunately never gone away. (laughs) But I am, um, I guess, like, after all that I feel like I've been through now, I really am losing the um, energy to care. Mm. And so now I'm, I'm so exhausted of like the judgment and the hate and the the hustle. So now I feel like I'm in a, a perfect time to act because I really am just like myself. Um, I'm not right. And so I feel I feel in like a good place to do it now. Um, but yeah. Well, so before just before we uh we we hopped on or we started recording, uh, we, we were like, yeah, you know, we. I had this image in my head. I, I told you this already, but, uh, you know, we, we just have this, this moment together where we're like, how you doing, girl? <laughs> we both have been kind of, well, I mean, well, you mentioned, um, I mean, you mentioned the last couple of years for you, which have, which have been, uh, which have been insane. I mean, you know, for, for, so for those who don't know, um, do you mind talking about that no. a little bit? You know, I don't want to, I don't want to trigger you. Not at um, all. Oh, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not the trigger person. Um, yeah, I, I started, um, I guess I, I kind of pissed off Hollywood and a bunch of the, uh, yeah, just the, the wrong people, I guess. Cause I was, I was just looking at everything that was happening. Like as soon as, as soon as the pandemic thing popped up, I was like, Oh my gosh. And I was a total California COVID Karen. I was like, I was like, Oh yeah, of course. Mass. Okay. Like stay home. And, um, and you know, I was just like panicked because in my head, I thought of a pandemic of like, you know, I thought, Oh my gosh, people are just going to be dying and there's gonna be boils on their skin. You know, there's gonna be zombie apocalypse. I was, that's where my brain went when I think of pandemic. Um, and then after about three weeks, um, you know, I raced home <laughs> after about three weeks, I was like, uh, I'm a psychopath and I've got questions. I've got a lot of questions. And Uh-oh. then I started asking questions online. Um, oh, you can't do that. Yeah, I can't do that. And I just started asking questions. So I asked, you know, like, uh, with, when the George Floyd thing happened, I was extremely, um, like I watched that video and the the second I watched it I cried um because I just I felt I I was like gosh I understand why people would be on the freeways on the streets right now um I understand that uh and I that crushed my heart to you know and what the reason why I felt that way with the George Floyd thing is because you know it's one thing uh you know it's one thing to detain someone but when someone urinates which he did you know he um he lost body function and he urinated you as the cop, you know, should understand this person has lost their ability to, you know, and they're not fighting back anymore. And it's just, I just had a lot of, that was heartbreaking, but my thing wasn't to go and, you know, black lives matter. And, you know, I wasn't trying to virtue signal. I was, I was really trying to be like, okay, like everybody just take a breath and like, let's really understand what's happening here. Um, and just by me saying, hey, everybody, just like, let's take a breath. It was like, <gasps> racist. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, um, I'm sorry, what? And then, um, and so then like people would attack me on Twitter, like say Black Lives Matter. And I'm like, I, what? Like I, anytime <laughs> anybody tells me to say something, I'm like, probably not going to say it. Hmm. And Black Lives Matter and 
say trans rights, the trans rights people had been coming after me for a long time. And uh, it was always like, say this from all these little bot accounts. And I was like, I don't understand what's going on. But I just didn't like jump on, on like the, the the cool party train, I guess. <laughs> and so, and then like when I started getting really fed up with like the watching people um, close their businesses or have their businesses destroyed, I was like, or not being able to go to church or whatever. Um, I was just like, oh, this is awful. Like, mm-hmm. so you can be out on the streets and you can have um, protests, but you can't um, keep your business open and you can't go to your church and you can't, um, I just was like, no, this doesn't feel right. And so then I would start saying to people, open up your businesses, like open up your churches, like, fuck this, (laughs) let's not do this. Like if, if, cause then I was like, okay, what pandemic we're out on the streets. Like everybody's, you know, sweating and passionately screaming and spitting on each other and then fighting and rioting. And there's no like mass, you know, casualties. So like open up your churches and it just, the more I like asked questions, the more the hate was driven towards me. And then of course I got in trouble for the beep bop boop, <laughs> <laughs> which like, I'm like, that was the big one. I think that was like the big one was me beep, putting beep bop boop in my profile. <laughs> which can you imagine how, can you imagine how, how small your life must be? Yeah. If you're offended by someone else putting nonsensical, just it's literally nonsense. Yeah. You know, like the people who have trash panda in their bios are like saying, oh, you put beep bop boop. I'm like, oh, I thought this was OK. You have trash panda <laughs> in your bio. Like, I thought this was like, you know, and I was, you know, I was just like kind of teasing, just kind of like, guys, like everybody's taking this a little bit too nuts. Like, what are we doing? And then um, Lucasfilm was like, oh, wow. Yeah, you really stepped in it now. And we really have to. um this is dangerous. And they made the publicists at the Disney. Yeah. Like the the publicists at the Disney and Lucasfilm were so, I don't know if it was because they were locked down as well. So they needed to make big deals out of nothing, but um, Mm. they really zeroed in on me and started to try to make me watch all of their documentaries, which I obliged. And I talked to their LGBTQ um, trans uh, people and everybody that met me was like, Oh yeah, you're not, you're not like a, you're not this awful person. You're a sweetheart. And I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, <laughs> like I'm, I'm, and everybody who's ever worked with me has been like, Gina, what are you guys doing? This is so then, um, I don't know. I just, I just kept on speaking out cause I felt like nobody was remember like a couple of years ago, nobody was saying anything. And I was saying stuff just cause I knew that somebody needed to, like, it was mm. like, the it was like everybody was holding their breath and no one was saying anything online um nobody was saying anything and i was like i'm just gonna like try my best to share quotes and memes and little stuff that'll just make people know that it's okay to speak it's okay to say something it's okay to ask questions and the sooner we do this the you know the faster we're gonna get through this and um yeah because i was speaking i i feel like if i did the same things now there's no way i would be canceled Um, But because I was doing it earlier and I was like, you know, a part of that very few people that were kind of trying to get people to wake up and ask questions, like everything I had problems with the vaccines, the masks, the lockdowns, um, you know, putting beep bop boop in my profile and having it be okay. Um, First time voting as a Republican, which I didn't know was such a 
awful thing to do because um, I've never voted before. And I was mm. like, well, I just think it's important to not have this weakness in charge. And we're going to need basically from in my perspective after COVID, I just thought we were going to really need somebody powerful to get us our economy back because I knew how devastating it was going to be after locking everybody down um, and how we're going to need to get get going to you know keep our economy and um up because i know Mm -hmm. a bad economy kills you know (laughs) violence goes up uh, murders um addiction you know and i've seen that in my life and i don't want to see it again Mm -hmm. and here we are you know the the poor people that you know don't know how to handle their vices and in an unsafe you know kind of bad economy are are ones that are hurting the most and it's so sad to see it's I hate, I hate seeing it. So I just, I was just saying stuff like that, which then they were like, get out. (laughs) And they called me all these names I've never been called before. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) okay. This is, um, I think it's really, honestly, I think it's really shameful. And I think, um, I do believe like the people like me and you, we're being tested right now in a huge way. Um, Mm. But I do think eventually we'll get our time to tell our stories again, tell our side of the story and tell new stories. And I think that the people who participated in um, the bullying and the cancellations and the absolute like um, witch hunts are going to not be proud of these years. And and they they <laughs> they shouldn't be. <laughs> I'm not as hopeful as you are for for some <laughs> huge amount of contrition, especially if we're talking about people as shameless as show people. Um, You know, one thing as you were, a few things popped up for me as you were speaking. Uh, One was that if I find that it's really interesting, I mean, you you mentioned that you came from um, a lovely family, but you also were, you know, sort of surrounded by a lot of hardship and struggle. And for me, I, I, it made me wonder if people who actually have, I mean, you know, people listen to me, they, they assume that I came from privilege. I didn't. I didn't grow up in slums, but I also, you know, I didn't, I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. And I wonder if, because one of the things that really got, got to me was watching these really pampered and pretentious, uh, quote unquote, progressive artists who were sitting on their asses and crying and demanding the government, especially in the theater, but, you know, demanding the government pay for them to stay home. Meanwhile, as you were saying, I mean, you know, you had restaurant owners and barbers and salon owners and gym owners um, around the country who were fighting their own governments like tooth and nail just to keep their businesses open. And you have all of these small-minded morons um, who hold themselves aloft as these sort of spokespeople for the poor and the downtrodden who were shitting on all these people for the crime of wanting to work. Because I think in these people's minds, an economy is a bunch of fat cats um, wheeling and dealing on Wall Street when it's like, no, an economy is how the food gets on your shelf. It's how everything around you functions. You have no idea what you're talking about. And as you said, a bad economy. And, th- and I said this early on as well. I said, people, I don't understand how people don't understand, why people don't grasp that a bad economy can lead to a lot of death as well as a virus. Right. Right. And um, so it makes me wonder, like, if people really haven't struggled that much in their lives, hmm. I feel like their response was way, way different um, than people who actually have seen um, what privation can do to people. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
you know, I said, let people let people work and, and, and do their thing. And like you, you know, it's funny because people call me selfish. But I'm like, dude, I don't have any kids. But I was like, why are you kicking these kids out of school, keeping the kids out of school? And what's it going to do for their parents and especially for poor people? Like, you know, they have to, you know, it, it, if their kids are in school, you know, it they it allows them to hold work. down a job. Yeah. But then you have these assholes who were like, well, you just want people, you know, you just want daycare for your kids. I'm like, you are so disconnected. From the yeah. lives of like everyday people and how they function that, you know, I like, I don't even it really does the feel like that. It really does feel like that. It feels like the people, whether they're young, um, just clueless people or just um, super uber, you know, famous people that can handle this or it just really feels like the people who are genuinely not connected to how people live everyday lives are they were the ones that were so quick to virtue signal that they were doing something so good by telling everybody to mask up and telling everybody to, you know, shut down their businesses. And it's like, do you know how hard these people work to, you know, get that business and to get going in their life, to get to this place? No, no, they don't. <laughs> and that's, what's really like sad is because I, I doubt they work there anymore. I can't imagine if they do, but like a lot of the Lucasfilm employees who are coming after me were these young, like, PR people and these young people with, um, you know, trying to make it on YouTube. And, and I'm like, you, you've never, you never, you didn't fi fight for, you know, nine years and hustle. You didn't be, be an actress for 10 years with, I never compromised myself for a job ever. It would never even cross my mind. Um, actually the reason why, I mean, I said no so many times that I lost a lot of work because I wouldn't compromise myself. Mm. Um, and I, so that means everything that I've done in the last 10 years, I did m myself. There was no family hookup. There was nobody, nobody knew the entertainment business. I'm the first person in my family to get into Hollywood, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I worked for everything and it was all through the people that I met through, you know, having my own name and through constantly putting myself out, out there, no matter how hard it hurt and not giving up. And yeah, so that's how I, that's how I feel right now. It's like, you know, I've been here so many times in my life where it just felt like the end of the world. And it's, but I, I, you know, I'm not going to give up. I love art and I love storytelling and, um, I, I want to continue that on. I just, I'm having to figure out like more of the behind the scenes parts of it now, which is fun. Cause now I see how, <laughs> how, how truly screwed over I've been in a lot of my jobs. So I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, I'm gonna make this better. I'm gonna make this a better experience, and and hopefully get to work with people like you one day. Well, you know, I said we got to make that do that remake of the Bodyguard. I'll I'll do the singing on the soundtrack, and you can. Oh, play amazing! The <laughs> that would be perfect. Okay, I'm not much for remakes, but that actually sounds amazing. Well, it, it checks all. The, you know, it fits right in with what's going on in Hollywood now, where they just take a bunch of old franchises or movies and just gender and race swap everything. So we we can we can win on on two fronts. Wait, but that's a really good idea. <laughs> It would it would be it would be hilarious. You know, one one question I I had for you as well is, um, you know, in my experience, um, and mine was in prime was primarily in New York, and I say all the time, as as bad as what we call wokeness is in Hollywood, it's like ten times more concentrated in the theater. And there was a time where I just I stopped kind of going to shows, and you know, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like you in a way. I'm a weird, like I'm you know I, you just I can call be me weird. Well, you, you know, you weird. It's okay. <laughs> Are we weird? We're, 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 we're fucking weirdos, Gina. Here's I the thing. Feel like, I feel like we're like, I, see, you're not weird to me. You feel very, like, you feel like a big breath of, like, 
fresh air. That's because we're both nuts in a way. No, I'm kidding. Okay. But, uh, well, what, well, what I was going to say was that, uh, no, because I'm, I'm weird in, in the sense of, um, you know, I don't go out. I mean, I said before, like, I'm comfortable in front of an audience, but I don't go out seeking attention. Like, after a show, I'd, I'd, I'd much prefer to just kind of disappear and, and ride anonymously on the subway home. Um, and uh, But why did I bring all that up? That doesn't make any sense. Oh, be, oh because I'm like, I'm kind of weirdly um, uh, a recluse in, in a weird way, even though Me I can too. be um, ex yeah. extroverted. Um, but, you know, there came a time, like, so, I mean, I didn't really go to, like, a bunch of big parties or whatever. And um, But it also came a time where... There were so much show. There were so many shows where I'm like, I don't really feel included in this. I feel like they're making shows for um, for each other, and everyone was sort of in this big kind of quote unquote progressive circle jerk. But then I would get people one on one and talk about stuff, and I, I would find that once they found like like there's a term that they um, that uh, leftists use to describe. Uh, uh, black people who um, are friends with white people, and uh, they, they call them uh, safe, like safe black people. But, so once people find that, that you're like a safe black person, then the guard kind of comes down, and they're like, yeah, this is crazy, and da-da-da-da-da. Um, do you – so I say all of that to say that, you know, over time I would find here and there like so, sort of people who are kind of on my wavelength. Um, do, did you find in Hollywood that there are like – that there are more people – who are sort of on your wavelength and my wavelength than really let on. Yeah, no, completely. I mean, I think that in person, in person, everybody is a lot more logical. Um, you know, like my room, cause we had rooms, we didn't have trailers for the Mandalorian. So we all had, we stayed in like, um, we all had our different rooms and my room was like the room that everybody would kind of come into and, you know, just, we would talk about life and, you know, I mean, I remember asking Pedro Pascal about, um, you know, the, the trans and uh, he has a trans uh, sister, I think. And he um, he was just like he would just like talk very real about it. And I was like, oh, OK, so that's your life. You know, that was way before I even, you know, really knew about the pronouns. I didn't know. The, <laughs> I didn't know what the pronouns were all about. <laughs> um, but like just like I feel like people in person are logical people online, which when they lock us all down and they put us behind, you know, the internet, hmm. um, people online are a lot more, um, virtue signaling. Oh, look, I stand for this, you know, and I stand for this and I'm offended by this. Everybody's offended by everything when usually like in person, I've never really offended anyone. <laughs> I'm like a nice I'm a nice fucking person. <laughs> well, well, except for when, you know, you, you dissing on chicks for being ugly <laughs> and being and being single. I didn't say that. I just said I honestly it was really an honest question. I was like, you have a boyfriend. <laughs> you didn't you didn't have to say that. That's the point. You didn't have to say anything. The, the implications were already there. It was a genuine question. <laughs> like wait a second no um <laughs> you? <laughs> you i think they... <laughs> 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 hmm. nah nah <laughs> you're joking <laughs> oh here comes your fist <laughs> <laughs> well so i was like no she's probably hitting on me right now and then she's all offended <laughs> um literally have, actually my my um my gaydar is really bad i never is know it really? people... it's so bad i don't know if somebody's hitting on me or like, I remember I was sitting down with a producer once 
<laughs> oh boy, where is this story going? Was, <laughs> was his name Harvey by any chance? No, no, I, I wish, I wish I would have met Harvey. He would have oh, gotten like a, an ass. education. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've been in some of these rooms of these people who have really bad reputations and I never had a problem because I didn't have a whiskey and like, I just never made that an available, you never, you're, they weren't going to cross the line with me at any point. And of course mm. I didn't know that. I just found out later on in life that I was in some of these rooms with people never had a problem because it was never, I think they knew it was just never going to be an option. Um, well, they probably also were like, you know, she questioning does their lives. Yeah. <laughs> they were yeah. questioning their lives because <laughs> I was just like, and it would usually be just a shorter meeting, you know, they, you know, it was just, it was pretty funny. Um, but, oh, what was, oh, what was I going to say? I totally forgot. <laughs> oh, crap. Uh, I was, <laughs> so now Rewind I lost my train of thought too. <laughs> no, we were, away. we were talking about, um, well, we were talking about, uh, the, the prevalent the people talking about life and just being in person and, um, yeah. you know, people kind of virtue signaling with this one sort of ideology, but, but not really, really believing in it. And, um, yeah. And um, people in person are a lot more logical and, and, and then they locked us all away and now everybody's hating each other. Um, exactly how I feel the powers that be want, mm. they want you to hate your people, you know, like they don't want to take responsibility for what they're doing. So they want us all not to get along because it, it makes it easier for them to get away with the, the stuff that they're doing in my opinion. Well, you know, it's, um, it's so fascinating to me, especially with all of the, all of the pandemic stuff. You know, I, I did a, a podcast a while ago with these two guys, one uh, named Toby Green, the other named Thomas Fozzi. Um, I, I think it's Fozzi. I think he's like Italian. So I don't want to call him like, you know, he's, he's not, he's not a bear. Don't he worry. There's not, one group of people you can offend and those are the Italians. Oh, <laughs> and we're well. the only ones that really, really consistently get constantly canceled and there's just like nothing you can do about it. Like just, ah, okay. All right. What are we going to do? Like, oh wait, is that like a real thing? You, well, I mean, when's the last time you saw any Italians getting all upset? <laughs> well, it, it seems like, you know, the, the reputation for Italians is they're not upset, but maybe, maybe passionate a lot. So. And maybe they're like a, they're like a, the Hulk in the first Avengers movie. It's like you know I'm always angry. Is that kind of the deal? No, I think that like with Italians, they just you know their families are just constantly talking shit to them. So I just don't think that they that like that's their love language is just constant honesty, brutal honesty from your grandmothers mm. and from your uncles and from your cousins, and you just have to have thick skin. And it's just I think in, in my and my dad's side's um, part Italian, so we, we definitely grew up in, like, a more American-Italian culture. Um, and it was just brutal. Like, I mean, you, they would know exactly how much weight you put on from, you know, event to event. Um, they'd tell you straight up if they don't like your outfit, um, they, if we don't like their, your boyfriend, or if they, you know, if they don't like what you're doing in life. Um, they have extremely high expectations, and it's just like you either like sink or swim it's just hmm. and that's from like young <laughs> like you got your your grandfather asking you like when you're five what are you gonna do with your life <laughs> well I'll tell you what you're gonna do you're gonna go to a law school you're gonna go to you know medical school and you're gonna make something of yourself um this is never gonna be a free ride and you you better get your shit together and understand that so I don't well, know it seems like you you turned out okay you know yeah. I don't know gonna... but my poor family though they've seen me go through like it's just been highs and lows. Now yeah. I think everybody's like pretty cool. I mean, 
now I think they're like understanding my life is just a lot of highs and a lot of lows. And so then like what, um, I guess a big question I have is like when 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 you learned that uh, you were being pulled off of this show. And by the way, like I love I have all of these um you know some of these guys too like all the pop the sort of pop culture genre YouTube channels and and stuff and they and what's great about them is that they and I've been watching a lot of them for years you know the, the nerdrotics and geeks and gamers and stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah, have and, you been on with nerdrotics? Did you go on his show? Yeah, well he's been on he's been on mine. I've been on Friday Night Tights a few times. You, you got to go on Friday Night Tights. You you would fit in right. I made in. an I made I made an appearance. Those guys, let me tell you this. Those guys, all of these guys, nerdrotics, um, drunk three PO, um, the quartering, all of these guys rallied behind me. Um, yeah. Because I don't think I've mentioned this before. They Lucasfilm wanted me because I started when I got into Star Wars and I didn't know really anything about it. I mean, I knew Star Wars, but I didn't really know Star Wars. And I realized I didn't know anything about Star Wars. So I was like, how do you learn about Star Wars? Well, you go to the fans like the fans know what they're talking about. These people right. who have followed the Star Wars. Right. I mean, you know, like the difference between, oh, I like Star Wars and I am a Star Wars fan is mm -hmm. like I learned that. <laughs> um, so I went and I followed a bunch of these guys hmm. um, and girls and um the geeks, the geeks and gamers group and um, the Lucasfilm people, like at the beginning of me getting canceled, they would send me emails and they said, um, we want you to unfollow these people. And I was like, what? I was like, it was like, it was like, it hurt my heart because everything that I had followed from these people and I don't go on YouTube and watch every single one of their you know videos. And I know they talk shit and I think that's fine. You can be a critic in this world. It's fine to, it's fine to have fun. It's actually makes your, it actually makes Lucasfilm more appealing, you know, to have all of this, you know, excitement going on. So they actually do them, um, you know, a justice, um, and keep them kind of responsible to this other perspective of they're not going to just be like, Oh, I love everything that you do. Cause they don't, they don't like the, a lot of the stuff that they do. And I think that's healthy, you know? Yeah. Um, so they they came to me and they said, we want you to unfollow these people. And I said, I because why? And they said, they don't have nice things to say about so-and-so. And I was like, no fucking I'm well. Pretty, I'm like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure so-and-so. I'm pretty sure that that person will be just fine and can handle a little bit of criticism in, a, in the biggest fan base in the world. And they're like, um, they asked me multiple times and I just kept saying no. Like I, I, at first I was like, wait, who did they want me to unfollow? Of course I'll, what did they say? And they were like, well, they're just very vulgar. And I'm like, they're passionate and. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Yeah. People in show business calling other people vulgar. Are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? Yeah. And like not being able to handle criticism from a group of people, um, just, it just shocked me. So they. So they go and they tell all of their um, actors and directors that this group is like the the awful group. You know, this is the alt-right group um, mm -hmm. and they've turned into. And so then you'll have a lot of these actors and um, directors bad mouthing and saying, oh, no, we don't associate ourselves with them. And it's like these people are not bad people. They're really passionate, good people. And I don't care. They're YouTubers. No YouTuber out there is saying the most perfect things. And it's kind of the brilliance of YouTube because they're not like, you know, they're not being professional. They're being just honest and passionate and they're, 
they're actually like the real critics, you know? Yeah. See, I've, um, I've, I've been saying this for a long time. One, one of the, one of the great things, and it's so, it's so indicative to me how out of touch these, um, I, I call it the machine is, you know, yeah. you, when you have people, uh, like, you know, who are making these genre channels and you go down to their comments. I mean, they're, they're debating all these concepts in the con in the comment section. And they're, they're really smart, passionate people. And I'm like, if you're a studio and you have this big IP, like say Lord of the Rings, for instance, mm. why on, why on earth would you cut off a direct pipeline into the people that want to see your stuff the most and would yeah. know the most about it, you know, yeah. and it's, and it's, it's so and so insane to me, and you know they they have this weird trend now that the people who actually know what they're talking about with regard to all these fandoms and who criticize them, well they're to they're, they're toxic fans, and I'm like no yeah. no that's that's your audience that that yeah. is literally the audience you want. Just listen to what they're saying, you know, filter out the crazy stuff, and practice good story craft, and you'll have a hit. I mean that's that's what Marvel did for like years, and now. They're going in a different direction, and um, I think I think well, we're seeing the doing, results of that. I think what, what they're they're doing is they're pushing, you know, like uh, they're pushing the change. So they're trying to get on, like they're trying to get the youngster, like the younger crowd's attention, right? And so they're sacrificing their older crowd and like the crowd that you know in Star Wars. They're like, okay, we're not we're not trying to go for this crowd anymore. We're trying to go for the younger crowd. And they're trying to get ahead of it. And, oh, okay, so the trans movement is going to be a big part of the younger crowd. And LGBTQ is a big part of the younger crowd. And so they they tried to virtue signal to the younger crowd because then they can get them at a young age. And um, I think it's really awful, though. You know, like, you got Star Wars fans for so many years of their life with the collections in their house. is like, these people go all out for Star Wars. And... You're just like, okay, they don't matter. And those guys don't matter. They they supported us for long enough. They need to grow up. Okay, so now we're going to mm. focus just on these people. And they're trying to force, they're trying to like, they're like, I found like the government and these big corporations, they're trying to be trendy. They're trying to set the trends when in my head, that's not how it goes. It's like no. the way it goes is like, you know, like my character became really popular and it wasn't because they planned it to be popular actually it bugged them i think it probably bugged them a little bit that my character became so popular but it filled a if it 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 was something that they didn't realize was going to be so so it wasn't going to take off so much and actually i think it was like a little too much at one point because i was trending right next to like baby yoda and like we were becoming like the two more popular characters and then mm. And then, and then it was a Mandalorian, and, but and like, you know, that was just for a second though, because Mandalorian is epic and a great character, but um, yeah, they want to control, they want to control what everybody likes. And that's what PR people do. That's what Hollywood does. Right, that's what yeah. these corporations do. And that's what the government's doing. Like, um, you know, like when it comes to uh, like racism and when it comes to like, I feel like in 2019, it, it wasn't perfect, but we were headed headed in a great way, you know. To twenty twenty two, I feel like, gosh, I feel like there's more racism around than ever, um, because the government said, oh, this is this is actually going in a good direction. So now we're going to get ahead of it, and we're going to take credit for it. And by taking credit for it, they made it worse, <laughs> you know. And it's like, my gosh, like. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's really it's really weird because you know a lot of um, 
lot of my conversations that, you know, people have talked about how, you know, things seem to be going okay up until around 2010 or so. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and it's just weird how, I mean, a lot of people on who are more conservative leaning or on the right will, they'll say that uh, Barack Obama was the cause of a lot of more racial division. And, you know, I mean, he made some comments that that didn't help. But at the same time, I think, you know, I, I don't attribute it all to him. And it's just, uh, but it's just a really, really strange thing to see racial tensions to be heightened now after we've had a black president, a black family in the in the White House. Um, but uh, just going back a little bit, because it's so strange, you're talking about the sort of top-down management. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how can you, A, how can you do that? Because when, when you're so disconnected from, you know, mm-hmm. from all these people, you're placing yourself above these these other people, you know, the fandoms, the audience, whatever. But it's also short-sighted because one, you know, you know how old I was when I discovered Star Wars? I was nine. And it just totally just it swept me away and it was so amazing. So I'm like, why are you you know, you don't have to go out of your way and, and reinvent the wheel to appeal right. to young people. Just make good, you know, make good, exciting stuff. But also mm-hmm. it's like, OK, well, you're, you're throwing away all these people and trying to get the younger crowd. Then why are you shitting on YouTubers? Yeah. People, you know, the kids now, they don't even want to be movie stars anymore. They want they want to be YouTubers, TikTokers, podcasters, influencers or whatever. Like those yeah. are the people that, that they look up to now. They don't give a fuck about movie stars anymore. So so they're probably watching people like Gary, a.k.a. Nerd Erotics. They're watching Doomcock. They're watching Critical Drinker. They're watching all these people. And, um, you know, and they're saying that, uh, yeah, this, this looks like a, like a fun gig. I'm going to do that. And, yeah. you know, and these people are all they're, they're all exercising like massive influence. But uh, but the last thing I would say is that uh, it, it always chuckled. Oh, uh, what, what I brought why I brought it up is because. You know, some of these channels where, where we uh, were looking at um, and you don't get this if you read Variety, all those other stuff. But uh, these some of these fan channels would look at like toy sales. And it was so it was always so funny to see videos of, um, you know, and, I, you know, it's not a commentary on any other performers uh, at all. But you'd see all these like stories of other Star Wars characters. I'm not going to name names, you know, <laughs> deeply discounted, like on clearance or whatever. But like, <laughs> where's all a where's the where's all the Marvel toys? Where's the Cara Dune toys? <laughs> you know, oh, my gosh, it, it really did. It really backfired. Um, it backfired on Disney in such a major way. And I mentioned that on the Ben Shapiro interview, which I was like, when I did that interview, I could my heart was so broken. <laughs> I was just trying to survive. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so awful. And I, I, I had this, like, lump in my throat, you know, like, when you just want to cry. And mm. I was like, I was holding my breath. And I was just like, just get it to speak, you know, um, on top of just being nervous for interviews anyways. But um, mm. it really did backfire on them. It really because they were so awful and so ugly. And that's that's the hope I have is that. um regardless of what happens with me in my career and my life that I just want people to keep, keep watching with their own eyes. Don't take the headlines. Don't take this person's word for it. Watch it, you know, and love it or hate it. Or, you know, if it didn't come from somebody's mouth, then maybe don't listen to that headline because I've experienced firsthand what um, the Hollywood machine does. And Mm -hmm. I was in shock. I, it was just, it was so, this wave of hate coming from professionals from, from, I had to unfollow so many like um, publications that I loved to follow. And now I can't follow them because they were just so unprofessional and I could see how they could just throw somebody out and throw somebody to the dirt so easily who, who didn't deserve it, who did nothing wrong. And um, 
And of course they don't want interviews. They just want to talk about you. Mm -hmm. I was like, and that's what the Mandela, the Lucasfilm people did to me. They, um, they wouldn't let me talk about it. So they wouldn't, um, they wouldn't back any interview that I would do. Um, they wouldn't offer any pictures. They wouldn't offer their support. And, um, they jerked me off of a bunch of covers and it was just, (laughs) it was just so much hate that um yeah i'm just kind of exhausted like oh we have i have um my son hunter coming up this movie i did right, with, you know yeah. lawrence fox and laza yeah yeah he's so he's just like oh my gosh just such a wonderful person um and uh, robert davi directed it and you know of course all these people are like oh she really fumbled the bag she went from this to this and i'm like honestly I cannot care less anymore. I, last year I, I cared because I didn't know any better. And now I'm like, oh, just mm. fade away. Um, mm. We did a movie that uh, is a funny, funny movie. <laughs> so funny. I got to go out there and, and see a professional Robert Davi, get directed by Robert Davi. That was really cool. Mm. And work with an, an amazing actor in Lawrence Fox and uh, and John James. and um. It was really cool. Like, I wouldn't take it back. I know it's going to garner a lot of hate, but the people that are saying, you really fumbled the bag. I'm like, I didn't fumble the bag. I am not the one that go out there and like purposely try to cancel people for having a different opinion. I'm not the one that voted for Joe Biden. I'm not the one that's like, you know, you want to talk about fumbling the bag? We had freedom. We had a little bit more freedom <laughs> just a couple of years ago. And now we're losing all of it. And that's, that's what I consider fumbling that bag. I'm so, like, you could afford gas. You could afford food. Know, you ain't got none see, of that shit now. <laughs> do you see, like, the food prices are going up? You go buy some chicken wings and you're like, oh, my gosh. It's, the- not, even, it's not even just that the food prices are going up. It's just it's that they also keep fucking lying about it. Yeah. And I've been yeah. watching, you know, I mean, I moved to Atlanta. I escaped the city formerly known as New York, as I always call it. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, like I buy, I eat a lot of eggs. And, um, you know, I, I, so I buy like 30 large eggs at a time, basically. And the price of those went from like, just under five dollars. It was like four seventy eight or something, uh, like just over a year ago. And now it's like ten dollars. And maddening. you know, yeah. it's it's unbelievable. But it's like, well, that's what y'all voted for. You know yeah. what I mean? I can't. You and know, this but- is what they do. They they'll they'll like it'll be like devastating. It'll be and now the price is going down a little bit. And they're like, oh look it. And it's like, no guys, it's still way far up than what we had at, at like two thousand nineteen. And that's just infuriating because you know, this jobs report, it's like you, you took everybody's jobs from you, everybody, like people's businesses, people, I mean, it's just like disgusting. Like we can see what's going on. We can see you. (laughs) Well, but see, well, you say we, when you say we, you mean, you know, you and I can see this, but what's, what's even more disturbing is that you have these people who just are completely died in, you know, not, not died in the wool, but just, they just mindlessly, passively consume all of this, you know, media, press, Whatever, you know, the, the, the White House says, Democrats say, and they just go, yeah, you know, the economy is doing great. What? Zero inflation in the last month? That means we're going. I'm like, dude, yeah, but we're still at like at record historic high levels. Just it just because it hasn't gone up this in the past few weeks. It's like, <laughs> it doesn't doc- mean it's at zero. Even Dr. Fauci, even Dr. Fraudchi, like he's like freaking out there saying that he didn't promote lockdowns. It's like lies, liar. We can see you. <laughs> 
we you know can what? see you, guy. I to, like, sir, we to, can uh, see you. <laughs> I used to watch the uh, the Daily Show back when back when it was funny, and um, and John Stewart was hosting it, and um, and by the way, that show still worked. I'm old enough to remember when Craig Kilborn was the host of that show, and it still worked. It was still funny. Um, you know, I don't know what's happening now, but. Um, I'm, I'm watching Daily Show and I'm watching Jon Stewart. And yeah, I, you know, I sort of know how the machine works now. They take these clips, they find people, they, they, they try to edit them for comedic purposes, make them look ridiculous. But at the same time, I'm looking at all these clips of politicians and I'm saying, wait a second, do they not know that we have cameras and the internet now and people can like see what they said? Um, you know, this is like in the Jon Stewart days, you know, and now. I'm like, dude, everyone can see what you're saying now. We can all see it. We can all see it from a year ago. We, I, I can go on Twitter right now and find some video of Anthony Fauci saying all the shit he said he never said. Don't go you to know? Thanksgiving. Don't go to Christmas. Um, stay in your homes. Mask up in your homes. I mean, take this vaccine. Uh, you know, be rude to the unvaccinated. Like, I, I mean, it's just how is that man? And now he's stepping down. How is he not in prison? He needs to be in prison. Somebody needs to go to prison. If people, and that's like my, that's where I've been really frustrated. It's like, if we don't figure out what happened with the COVID-19 and we're still not out of it, you know, SAG-AFTRA is still mandating it. Yeah. Anybody, anybody who's still mandating the COVID vaccine at this point can really just, <laughs> I mean, go down in history as an absolute tyrant. There needs to be uh, documentaries made of these people who enforced this after everything came out and it's out. I mean, the CDC saying, you know, breakthrough cases, you can't treat them differently now. Um, and they're still, they're still trying to make yeah. life so hard on the unvaccinated who people, people who, by the way, had nothing to gain by saying, we're not going to get vaccinated. We're not going to participate in this. We had nothing to gain by that. Yeah. We just were like, this doesn't feel right. This actually feels incredibly wrong. And I'm not willing to risk putting that in my body um, until I understand. And I'm not willing to force it on anybody else. And it's like, and we, by saying that we've actually helped the people who got vaccinated. Well, now a lot of those people are like, no, we don't want to get boosted. So they're eventually going to be unvaccinated as well. Mm -hmm. So by us taking a stand and being right in this scenario, um, we're still getting demonized. We're still getting mandated. People who have worked their entire lives to be a doctor, a nurse, a firefighter. A, a, I mean, these are people that had to put in time to become what they became. Mm -hmm. And they're still being demonized and they still can't work and they still have to find other avenues. And it's just anybody at this point on that is mandating it. I, I just hope, I hope one day, I hope one day there's a documentary and I hope the people get pointed out and I hope that they have to, you know, they have to really um, talk about this time. I mean, well, I will say that, you know, just a, a quick shameless plug. Um, there is a documentary that that has been made. It is it. They want to make it a docu-series. I don't know how much I can talk about it right now, but it's called Follow the Science. I actually. Um, oh, really? Uh, yeah, Are you yeah. in it? Are you doing it? Yeah, I served as sort of like a narrator kind of guide character, and it's got to like. Yay! I'm, like I'm a, writing it down right now. Follow the science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, like they've they've they're doing a fundraiser for it right now, which I, I need to send out and promote. But uh, you know, but I. Um, I'm the host in it. Um, Jay Bhattacharya is in it. Zuby's in it. Um, oh, um, wonderful. There's a Why guy didn't anybody named... call me? <laughs> I would have been available. <laughs> maybe. Well, I don't know. Maybe they were like, she's going through stuff. 
She looks like it's a rough time for Gina. <laughs> yeah, she might need to, to chill out for a second. I um, do. That's exactly what I'm doing right now. I'm trying uh, to. But follow the science. When does it come out? Um, that's a good question. I think the pilot premieres um, in the fall, but then they're they're also trying to raise money because they want to make it a full series and go. So like the, the first episode or the pilot episode was just about um, the harms of lockdowns, actually. So um, I think, you know, they have a commentary from, I think I mentioned Zuby, Naomi Wolf is in there as well, Jay Bhattacharya, myself, um, some just really, really good people um, awesome. talking about just trying to figure out what the hell happened and why did it happen. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we shot it in L.A. like in a few days and uh, with a bunch of really great people. And hopefully, you know, it gets picked up by somebody and, and distributed out. And um, Oh, it will. It will. It's we, got to. Because, uh, yeah, it's weird because, you know, once they relaxed those, um, the CDC relaxed those guidelines, which which is it, it, it's already re weird to me that people are like are, are treating it like the gospel, like anything the CDC says. Yeah is what we absolutely must do. Like it's, it's a decree from on high, but uh, they changed the guidelines. And when I saw that, you know, Actors Equity, the, the Stage Actors Union and SAG after, like they haven't budged. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, besides you, like, like Evangeline Lilly and Tim Robbins have been the only people who have said anything. Tim I Robbins know. The other day. How crazy is that? Yeah. And I, I, mean, I would really like to like, you know, I'm, and I, I, I am, I'm creating and I'm, you know, you know, I have to eventually I'm going to have to kind of come out and do something else to where it's like, okay, my, another passion project. Um, but I just, I know I, I've been trying to like stay off the internet and I've been trying to just focus on myself and kind of replenish myself, take care of myself physically, mentally, spiritually, and just really kind of restart, you know, mm. but I, I still see that SAG-AFTRA isn't budging on this mandate. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Why? How? How are you? How are you doing this? How? And and what's more, even more frustrating is, how are there only a couple of us talking about it? You know, you're, everybody... you're you, you see, like, like it, it. That's been crushing. That's been actually one of the most crushing, heartbreaking thing is, you know, our colleagues are watching us struggle, and really stand up for something that's important and um probably very extremely grateful because a lot of them have fake vaccine passports and didn't get it anyways you know and, they're not and, saying anything they're just watching they're just letting all of us kind of like take like we are like the ones that are keep on mentioning it so we're the ones that are going to struggle in our careers the most and um without anybody saying a word <laughs> and it's like wow they'll come up to me in private they'll come up to me and say you know, I'm not vaxxed either. And I'm just kind of scooting by and, you know, I, I got the, the vaccine, you know, ID, but, um, you know, thank you for what you do. And I'm like, yeah, fuck off. He's like, really? Yeah. I don't need have somebody to like help here. I don't, <laughs> A little yeah, help. I don't, I don't have any patience for these people. Like it's one thing people ask me, I've been asked a few times, especially over the past week or so, uh, or since the Mises speech where it's like, you know, do you, I, we, we think you'll be back or do you, do you see yourself going back? Do you want to return to work? And it's like, well, you know, I don't know because I saw a, the, the collective cruelty that these people just decided to indulge in against yeah. people, uh, like, like, you know, you and I, but also there's these people, you know, I, I have a certain degree of compassion for people who are, who are genuinely scared out of their minds. I mean, yeah. I was there for the first few months of 2020 before, like you, I began being like, hold up, what the hell's happening? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the people that are lying, you know, and 
excuse me, who are lying and not saying anything or the people who have gotten the shot, you know, for whatever reason, and they're not saying anything, but then they, they come to me privately or, you know, they, like it, it, it fills me with resentment for one. Cause like, okay, well you get to stay safe and you get to go on with your career. So don't, don't come messaging me while I'm sitting here waiting fucking tables at 40 years old with a bunch yeah. of dumb 20 somethings. Yeah. Um, you know, when I was, you know, at a certain level and now I'm here, but you, you get to keep, you know, you get to keep your career, but the, the collective silence from people, the cowardice, you know, the, the complete refusal to say anything that, that for me really, it's going to stick in my craw for a long time. And, yeah. you know, and I don't just know if like I can the, forgive these people. Just, just like the, I mean, you know how jealous actors can be. So. Yeah. You know, like on set when somebody's having a rough time, um, you get the actors who are, you know, genuinely, oh gosh, you know, you're having a rough time. It's okay. We all have that time. Or you get the actors that are like, haha, it's your time. And the, the focus isn't on me. So I'm just going to be over here gloating. Well, <laughs> I'm finding out that a lot of this business is a lot of people who are just enjoying watching the other people struggle. And, and it's just really like an ugly time. It really is. That collective cruelty is, um, is just so disappointing, especially when everybody has been, well, we stand up for these people and we stand up for these people. And you're mm -hmm. like, this is something we can all stand up for collectively. If you would just get your politics out of the way, this is like, if they would just take care of this vaccine mandate and these mandates and this like COVID bullshit then we could actually start like, okay, healing. I'd say we'd be able to start healing a little bit, but um, yeah, I'm, my heart's been really broke um, at like just the, the lack of bravery that people have um, exhibited in. And it's really, it's actually been nice because I get to see people like you and Lawrence Fox and just like people who are real ones that I'm like, okay, I'm, I, and I am going to do this you will want to act again because you'll want to be with all of us. Cause I am going to do a movie with just us where it's, you know, people have been very supportive and of, you know, our voices and I, I'm, that's what I'm trying to do right now. I'm trying to put that together. So we will, we will get to do our, our passions and we will get to act and we'll get to be artists and we will get to tell stories. It's just, um, I'm trying to figure out how to do that from, from a different perspective now, which is, actually a lot more fun in a way. Yeah. Well, that was going to be my, my final question for you. Normally I, I spend an hour on these, but, uh, you know, we were just, we were being, Oh girl, we were just having a little, <laughs> I loved it. Doing was, some kibitzing. It's, it's been so nice to meet you. Likewise. Oh. You know, it's, uh, it's, well, I'm, I'm glad, um, you know, you seem to be coming out, uh, of, of the under, of, of the under end, the other end of this, um, doing okay. Um, I know for myself, I'm, finally sort of getting past i mean the, the the positive thing is as you were alluding to you know my my network of people now is um is so much more interesting so much more intelligent mm -hmm. and um so much more act it, it's so much more diverse to be honest with you yeah than it, than it ever was when i was the, in my 20 years um you know being an actor i mean i have all these, you know, from economists and scientists and writers and authors and reporters and, and you know, so all cool. kinds of people. Yeah. It's really, really cool. And yeah, um, it's a whole like and it's such a small group, too. So it's like just a I mean, that's been the really good thing is seeing the people that were willing to um, stand up and say something. And um, I don't know. I think I've got hope. I got hope for us. <laughs> I do have hope for us. I think that. I think that 
you waiting tables and what you're doing right now is um, in a couple years, you're going to look back at this time and you're going to be able to share that story with people and you're going to be able to reach such a larger audience. Um, and that's what I saw in your speech is like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to watch him speak more. <laughs> I can't wait to watch what he does. It just really, I mean, I've been watching you on Twitter and I've really enjoyed that. You always make me laugh. I'm like, oh, he does not hold back. <laughs> he does not hold back. I love it. And I, I'm just, yeah, I was like, you know what? I gotta, I gotta really actively support um, you. And so I think we're going to work together one day. I do. 